Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And you're You're about about to to Get get Jumped. jumped. Welcome to episode 62 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Dimension W, episodes 7 through 9, where the collectors are converging on Easter Island. Yeah, um, they're actually searching for those big weird heads that used to be there. Um, I guess they're still there. I'm assuming they they evolved from a race of smaller tiny stone heads um, that were, you know, crawled out of the sea where they were tiny stone-headed fish. Um, and before that, they were like paramecium with tiny stone heads. That's how evolution that sounds works, right. right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyways, um, tune in later for my uh, next Stonehead evolution talk. Um, but anyways, let's go ahead and jump in with these week's episodes. Wow, everybody got to start this week off with a science lesson. (laughs) For science! Huzzah! (laughs) Anyways, um, I don't have very many notes uh, from this week. Yeah, I clearly uh, forgot to take a lot of notes. What the fuck (laughs) was I thinking? I know. Um, Anyways, um, so... so um, I did. I did watch uh, through the Dragon Prince all the way through. Um, so that is that has been done completely. Okay. Um, I have also um, been watching the the newest season of um, uh, My Hero, and also watching the newest season of Seven Deadly Sins, and that's about it. Wait, is the new Are season of Seven Deadly right Sins out? Oh, wait, you're watching it on like a before it releases on Netflix, right? I'm watching it on. Shh, don't worry about it. On somewhere else. <laughs> uh, I'm super jealous. I really am very excited about that. Seven Deadly Sense is such an interesting show because it's like it's one of those shows. It kind of makes me think about Dragon Ball Z in a roundabout way because Dragon Ball Z. It's not that it doesn't have plot. It's just that the plot's point is to get us into cool fights. And Naruto and Bleach uh, and One Piece, I guess, to a lesser extent, come from this tradition, but they built on it by having plots. Sometimes the plots were better than others. Sometimes they had better payoff than others, but they were much more like plot based. And even though the plots still kind of led inexorably to big fights, it, it didn't feel like that was the only reason for the plot. Whereas in Dragon Ball Z, I think, at least the way I remember it, to be fair, I haven't watched it in a long time. So if you're a huge fan of Dragon Ball Z and you super disagree, feel free to gently uh, reproach me here. But I think that Seven Deadly Sins is kind of the same thing. Like, there is a plot, and it comes up every once in a while. But for the most part, it's just bitchin' fights with cool powers, one after the other. And the climax is like 12 episodes long, and it's just fights the whole time. And it's really good. Like, if you're, I mean, if you've listened to us for any period of time, you know Spencer and I, one of the things that we like the most about anime is really badass fights with crazy powers. And Seven Deadly Sins is a really good resource for that. Yeah, it has good fights. I have been watching, I I binge-watched some Boruto. I've talked about that on the show before, and I did not like how Boruto started, but I kept watching it for the promise of maybe it getting better, and it got significantly better. I've watched through the first, like, 15 episodes or so, and there's kind of an underlying plot going on simmering underneath the surface for the first seven or eight episodes, but they are mostly slow-paced slice-of-life episodes. And then the next little bit comes to a close. As far as I can tell, it closes out the first arc. And it was really good. It it has some beautiful animation from the beginning and some well-animated fight scenes. But they are mostly really low-stakes slice-of-life. I don't know. We're having a schoolyard brawl, so we're going to go fight it out real quick. Fight scenes. And then as you get into like episode 10 through 15 or so, I'm not looking at it right now, but it gets much better. The fights get way cooler. And uh, I am I actually have turned the corner on Boruto and I really like it now. Uh, um, betrayer. Yeah, sorry. I mean, I it was also something that I want to like. Like I, 
it's the kind of show that I'm going to watch for a while because I want it to be something that I like. And again, what I need out of the show is cool fights with cool powers. And I'd like mm-hmm. it to be strung together with some semblance of plot, but as long as it, a token attempt is made, I'm fine with it. See, again, Seven Deadly <laughs> Sins. Uh, or Dragon Ball Z. Dra- I do like Dragon Ball Z. I don't want to say that I don't or or lead people to believe that. Uh, I, I like that, too. It's got good fights. And... Um, yeah, that's, I I mean, I think Naruto could be really creative and exciting at parts. And I think that Boruto had some of that in the second half of those first 15 episodes. So it looks like the plot's going to slow down again for the next few episodes, but I have a renewed faith that is now based on evidence rather than simply based on hope for the show. So I'm definitely going to keep watching it. Uh, alternatively, I rewatched the first four episodes, which comprise the first movie of Digimon Try, and it's not that great. And I hate to say that because <laughs> I love Digimon almost fully out of a sense of nostalgia. Like I, I'll watch the shows, and half the time I don't hear what they say, rather than like what they could have said if the show had been written for a more mature audience, like it should have been. <laughs> Uh, like I don't hear what they say. I only hear what I believe they should have said. It's a, it's a, so it's like it's a good series buried in a series that was written for a slightly younger demographic than it really needs to be. It was written for sort of you know like Pokemon is kind of written for children and it's generically fun, so you can enjoy it if you're not a kid. But if you're very young, you can enjoy Pokemon. It's really low stakes. There's not a lot of plot. Digimon's kind of a step up. There are high stakes, there are life-threatening situations, there are more intense battles that sometimes result in death, and there's an overarching plot that usually comes to a head in a couple of arcs per season, and often that kind of fuses into a few series of a final arc for the last half of the season or so for each season of Digimon. And it's like the the show is also based off of the idea that like the human characters are growing up. And so each series has them confront the ghosts in their past or the aspects of their personality that are holding them back or things like that. And it has these really adult ideas about growing up and overcoming challenges that I think make a great show. But I think that the way that it's presented and especially the way that the American dub version is presented, which is written to be even more youthful than the original, does it a huge disservice. Digimon Try is not that. Digimon Try is actually written with more maturity, but it's just really slow paced. And the animation, it looks good, but it doesn't move good. And... I don't know. I mean, I'm going to keep watching it because I Digimon is a huge part of my childhood and it's kind of a foundational series for me. So I want to see what happens. But yeah, I rewatched the first movie and it's kind of a disappointment. Yeah. Anyways, so let's go ahead doing. and step away from uh, step away from it's Digimon time to talk time um, and start they, talking about Spencer, Digimon w. are the champions. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Um, so previously on Dimension W, um, uh, we we I have a, a lot of characters. <laughs> um, so there's there's a lot of characters that you you've been introduced to by this point. Um, the two largest characters and the most important ones um, are I, I would say in these episodes, arguably the most important two characters um, are going to be. Mm, I want to say Prince Silva, but I'm not 100% it's, sure. Right, so the... we have... Let's talk about Mira first, because she is a main character, and she basically does nothing in these episodes. It's kind of weird, but uh, she is... She's super important to the series, and they're, she is important to these episodes, but she is not very active in them. So she's a robot girl. She is the sidekick of our main main character, and that's about all we're going to talk about. We'll we'll see her do a few things, but she's mostly side sidelined in these episodes. The main main character is Kyoma. His full name is Mabushi Kyoma. He is a very proficient fighter. He, um, I guess we should talk about the 
the setting itself. Dimension W is set in the future. There are these things called coils, which are basically little portals of dimensional energy that tap into alternate dimensions to power themselves and the world around them. Um, so this is now a, a society that no longer has an energy crisis because it was solved by tapping into limitless energy through the coils. Kiyoma himself doesn't like coils. We kind of have the impression that he doesn't like them because he's something called a Beast of Grendel, which is a essentially a super soldier that was designed to fight unmanned coil drone like war machines and uh, <laughs> i kind of get the impression that he's got some resentment based around that um so he's our main guy he has some tortured past that we've seen very minor glimpses of and we'll see a little bit more of that this episode um specifically re- relating to someone named miyabi who we will meet in the start of our coverage um, other important characters to know albert schumann most important character of all obviously He is a man who can never be said uh, as just Albert. He must be Albert Schumann. Even though they try it these episodes, I I just don't accept it. And uh, he is another Beast of Grendel. In fact, he's the only other surviving Beast of Grendel. There was some horrible accident that killed the rest of them, and we're going to learn a little bit more about that these episodes. Um, And then there's this African nation called Isla or Isla. Um, there is a royal figure named Salva um, who comes from that African nation and his younger brother, Lawai. Um, Lawai, we met last time. So if you want to know about him, go listen to our coverage there. He's not going to be super active here. Um, but Salva is pretty huge at this part in the plot. He has put out a call to collectors, which are basically bounty hunters for illegal coils um, and he's asked them to gather in a place called Easter Island. Um, they're going to be heading there at the start of these episodes, and they're going to be having some sort of competition to uh, retrieve some sort of important thing. Um, and I guess we're going to basically learn everything else we need to know, so we should just jump in. Yeah. The other character he didn't talk about was Loser. Um, the Loser is mostly... Oh, yeah. He's, he's incredibly important in these episodes. That's true, um, and he's the coolest character extent, out of all of them. Yeah, so to a lesser extent, uh, um, basically what we know about him right now doesn't actually even fucking matter to what he's going to do in these episodes. Yeah, um, there are but, some coils that are super powerful called numbers, and Loser mm-hmm. is after the numbers, and that's pretty much all he needs to know. Yeah. He's badass. So, um... Anyways, let's go ahead and jump in with episode 7 of Dimension W, The Voice Calling from the Past. Um, This episode is uh, the best episode of this show so far. Um, I would argue to say um, this episode and the third of the episodes that we are going to watch today um, are the best episodes of the show that I have been introduced to so far. Yeah, Um, this was just a great three episodes. Like These were all really fucking good. And they pretty much tell a continuous story, whereas some of the previous ones have been a little more episodic or kind of two-parters. These three tell a story from start to finish. Well, not finish. I don't think we're finished with it. But these three tell a continuous story, and it's great. Also, Um, I totally thought that this... They kind of explain a little bit more about coils. So we're going to learn that they're like siphoning off energy from these other dimensions. And it just made me think about that Rick and Morty episode where... Rick has created alternate universes to power his car. Yeah, that's that's kind of that's kind of what I thought of too. That's definitely what's happening show. here. Um, but anyways, um, the the other thing that we're going to be finding out is like um, a lot about how these uh, these coils were set up to provide power to um, the entire world, um, and we get a little bit more of the backstory before the the normal episode begins. I actually was almost about to skip it, and then I was just like, "Wait a minute, I haven't heard this before." Yeah. Um, so be aware that the opening is going to change just a just a hiccup for just the, um, the lecture before the music starts is going to be another part of the lecture that we haven't heard before god i love this opening music too i've had it in my head for the last two days yeah um the next thing that we're going to have is a very very good um flashback scene sequence um you want to tell us a little about what's what we're going to learn yeah, we got a a tease of this at the end of uh, last week's final episode, or last time's final episode. 
um, where Kiyoma met some girl who was pinned behind a vehicle. And it turns out that her name is Miyabi. And she was back there because she was trying to take a picture of a cat, which as someone who has recently gotten a cat, I totally understand. I take a picture of her constantly, regardless of what she's doing, because she's adorable. So I get it. Um, She's pinned, but it's not too bad. It's not like a, it's not like in signs where she's pinned and she's going to die from it. She's just kind of stuck behind the car. So Kiyoma helps her get out and she's got this old camera and they talk a little bit about it. And basically it's um it's a camera that now that they live in a world that's kind of coil centric they can't really take good pictures with the camera and often can't find the type of film that they need to take pictures in the first place but she keeps it with her because it was her grandfather's and so she considers it a good luck charm um and then she's they're like hanging out and Kyoma and Miyabi start to get really close. They clearly like each other and are forming some sort of romance. And then she drops the camera suddenly one day and we learn it kind of breaks, which is, I thought almost a heavy handed visual metaphor, but it actually worked for me because then we find out that she has this degenerative muscle disease that will eventually kill her. Basically just a sort of genetic time bomb that will eventually start causing her muscles to deteriorate away until she dies. So Kyoma tries to get the attention of this doctor, Dr. Yurizaki, who is the guy that we see talking before the intro and the dude that pioneered um, all this coil technology. And he's also um, his wife is like the foremost Um, scientist on artificial bodies and so he's trying to speak with her in order to replace Miyabi's entire body with coils because there's no way to stop this degenerative disease so he's basically doing a Hail Mary to try and get rid of the body that is diseased but keep Miyabi alive Um, He also gets to the attention of this doctor in the most extreme, ridiculous way possible, which is he's going to run up on her while she's, um, you know, just getting done fondling a piece of loose skin that's brought to her. Oh, Um, yeah. (laughs) Which is makes sense in context because they're trying to build a human like robot. But like, yeah, that's, (laughs) you know. It's a gross, weird moment, but whatever. Uh. Um, so, so he's gonna run up on her, and the guards that are gonna try to stop him from doing that. Um, there's this one that is obviously a main character because he has an eye patch. Um, but there every is eye everybody patch else. indicates main characterness. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know so, this. All the other bodyguards try to stop, uh, try to stop him, um, but. <laughs> They get immediately punched out. Um, this yeah, guy Kiyoma, with an eye patch. Kyoma's basically like abnormally strong, and so that's what gets this guy's attention. Mm-hmm. So um, the the other things that uh, we're going to find out after this, though, is that uh, Kyoma is going to um, show his strength off. Number one. Number two, he's going to pull at the doctor's heartstrings a little bit by explaining that he's got to save this woman that he loves. And then the final thing is that um, this guy who has an eye patch is actually the general of the Beasts of Grindel, and he is going to see how strong he is, and he's like, hey, if you trade me basically your life in servitude, I will make sure that she is the candidate for this trial um, to save her life with this um, this new flesh that we're creating that can be powered by coils. Um, so he becomes a Beast of Grendel. Yeah, so there's... It's kind of jumping around in time. It's not clear how long this entire flashback takes, but it's basically telling us the entire story of Kyoma's relationship with Miyabi, and in you know intrinsically wrapped up in that is how he becomes a beast of Grendel, which of course is how we get the Kyoma of the Dimension W that we've been watching. So after he agrees to this kind of devil's deal to join the Grendel Corps. He um, he um, proposes to Miyabi, and then they have to ship out for this operation. And we're going to find out a little bit later that there's some stuff in between this 
the proposal and him shipping out that adds to this story. But we're not going to see it just yet. We're going to cut to the Beasts of Grendel shipping out for this um, for this operation. And there's a pretty sick action sequence, which this show should be known for. It has great, great action set pieces where they are storming this compound that's being protected by these coil-powered machines. And the coils give them some sort of force field. But mm. Kyoma uses these darts that also have coils in them that basically allows them to, when they hit the force field, they stay where they are and they start to vibrate and like sort of spin in a tight circle on the point um, at increasing speed until it breaks through the shield and then hits the robot. And it's it's pretty dope. I really like this part. Yeah. Um, the other thing that we're going to see is uh, Albert Schumann being a uh, uh, a surfing USA badass with a sniper <laughs> rifle. I love um, him and he's so gonna, much. He jumps out of a fucking plane onto a surfboard and then surfs along it with a sniper <laughs> rifle and he's like, I'm going to cover you, Mioba. <laughs> Uh, he's oh, so God. great. <laughs> Anyways, um, the other thing that's going to be happening inside of this episode is what's happening currently in the present, is that all of these different uh, people are going to be brought to this island, and the reason I bring this up is because this island is the exact same island that he did this final mission on. He does not remember anything that happened uh, right after then to waking up inside of a hospital. Yeah. Inside of this hospital... He is going to find out that um, they were not able to save. Yeah, they were not able to save his fiance or wife. I don't know if they got married or not. Um, And I'm having a moment of revelation. Sees it, huh? Way the way he sees that she's dead is the worst possible way. It's so So fucked up. (laughs) He goes to see her, and she's under a blanket. But not really, because everything is there but her head. So yeah. she's just like, she's just so, like this beheaded body. <laughs> so that it's it's horrifying, and basically, what happened is the uh, the doctors began the procedure to transplant Miyabi's head onto a new body, but the the coils malfunctioned. And basically, as far as I can tell, her head was lost. I don't know if it was killed or destroyed, but she is dead. And so now there's just this like headless body of hers left over. And it is really upsetting. And also, I talked a little bit in the character introductions about how Kyoma has this mysterious hatred of coils, probably from his days as Beast of Grendel. But this is it. This is why he hates coils, because a coil had an accident, and it killed the love of his life. I don't know how I didn't notice this before. I feel like an idiot. But this is definitely why he hates coils. 100%. Yeah. Uh, Either that, or he just super hates robots. Um, (laughs) It could be both. You can have two things. Anyways, we're going to promptly have a couple of things happen at the end of this episode, which is going to lead us into the next one. The first thing that we're going to find out is that there are a bunch of these people that are bounty hunters, and they all want to find these coils, and that Prince Silva is going to pay a shit ton of money to anybody who finds it. Um, he's going to be paying them like $5 million or $50 million um, if, if they bring whatever this coil is that is on this island. We're also going to see this weird shadow organization that appears to control all of the world's energy. It's, it's um, New Tesla. It's the company. Yeah, they're real gross, we're finding out. Um, anyways, uh, the next thing that we're going to see is a bunch of badass collectors, and one of them is called KK, the assassin. And I was <laughs> like, Who the, why does he have that name? Anyways, um, one of them is a, a group of you can two, have two that K's. is... You can't have three. This girl... This girl that has cat ears and also her friend that is not important because we'll never get to see him do anything because yeah. he's going to immediately get knocked out. Um, and, and then, then the we people. have my yeah, <laughs> we have my favorite one, which is just the guy who has coils and wanted to be Superman. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, there's only power that we've learned. Yeah, the only power that we've learned about him so far inside of the show up until the end of these episodes is that he has the ability to fly and he has a fucking cape. Yeah. So, like, he is absolutely just wanting to be Superman. 
And uh, there, there's only three episodes left in the show after this, and mm-hmm. or after our coverage today, not after this episode. But uh, like, it's <laughs> I don't know how much more we're going to see of Superman. But that, that's one cool thing about the show is that like there's so much else going on, and it's telling this really cool story with these really cool characters. But like the it just it it just like info dumps all these fucking really sweet collectors on us and we're not gonna see probably we're not gonna see them do much, if anything, depending on which character we're talking about. And it's a good tease because the world is interesting that they've built up and it, it makes you want more. Um, there's also a good sequence when Salva's standing in front of the new Tesla tribunal. He basically explains to them that he doesn't want to have them involved and wants to use collectors instead of their people because he doesn't trust them. And specifically, he doesn't trust anybody. And that seems like a good move and kind of a ballsy one to say to their faces. Mm-hmm. The other thing that's going to happen um, is that they... Um, as they're flying into um, this island that has this massive dead zone that's in, in the middle of it, they're gonna they're going to be attacked by a ball of energy um, that is going to knock out a couple of people, including Prince Salva, um, yeah. and also take down their plane. So it's going to crash. And the reason why we haven't really been talking about um, our main characters is because they have been riding on a plane with Albert Schumann instead. They decided that they didn't want to travel with everybody else. They wanted to go on their own because he had a connection to somebody who had the uh, the clearance to go into this island. And we find well, out that if you don't have clearance to go into this island, they're going to fucking shoot you down yeah. with like these gigantic pylons that have like machine guns all it's, over them. Yeah, and anti-aircraft also, guns. And, and also, also, he wanted to bring his car. Yeah, that's the best part. <laughs> Like, I don't want to fly with everybody else because I want my car with me. He actually has a good reason for it, which is that everybody else has coils and he doesn't. So he's going to need a vehicle to get through. And also there's like a dead zone that can cause coils to stop working, but his car doesn't use coils. So maybe he can get through it. So like he's got a justification in universe, but it's hilarious that he just like doesn't want to ride with them because he wants to bring his car. Also, Anyways. Loser is going to low-key explain exactly how Dimension W works. And it's not just like siphoning generic energy off of an alternate dimension. What it's doing is that it is actually basically that for every moment and every choice, there are infinite possibilities. But only one of those possibilities becomes real. And Dimension W is the energy from all the other possibilities that don't exist anymore because one was chosen. And so they are siphoning the energy of possibility. And that is why when coils go berserk, you see these horrible, like, Lovecraftian amalgams of pe- like people multiplying and they're just being like, uh, you know, 40 different versions of this one dude smushed into himself in this gross fusion monster that, you know, dies swiftly and horribly because the Dimension W energy, it's no longer siphoning just the energy. It's like all of the possibilities explode all at once. And it, that's why it creates these like fucked up moments. Yeah, smush monsters. Anyways. What? Um, <laughs> you call them smush monsters. <laughs> Smish monsters? Smush. They're all smushed together. It's smush monsters. I mean, you're absolutely right, and I have no way to deny that because of how true you are. Anyways, we're going to episode eight, uh, The Island That Fell Into Nothingness. This episode is sure also did. fantastic. Yeah. Um, it is is not as good as the last episode, but it is, uh, and it's not as good as episode nine, but it is still very good. It's really um, not this, this episode, episode's fault. It's just that those other episodes are real good. Yeah, the the biggest problem that I have with this episode is because they spend so much fucking time telling about us about a story that we basically already knew about, um, which was that there was a a insurrection that happened in Ishla, um, and uh, uh, Prince Salva 
um, was the one that like kind of took over and brought robotics into it so that he could uh, quash the uprising. Um, the, the things that you learn out of this though, is that number one, that he was adopted, uh, by the, the king of this country. Um, yeah, he's actually two, an orphan and the king adopted yeah. him because they weren't able to have kids. Yeah. Number two, his little brother died. Um, he died in the middle of this uprising and he did it by accident. Um, he, um, he like basically crushed his body, um, in, uh, by targeting this person that was going to try to assassinate um the prince um so he like well, was going to try to assassinate was, salva not lawai yeah yeah and we don't know if lawai died I'm, i shouldn't say that yeah know it's that not Lawai he was has horribly a, injured yeah and he has a completely robotic body we already know um we just don't know why he had that in the first place and that's the reason why is because you know this happened to him it's um, also but, important to note that Luai is the biological child of the king. After Salva right. was adopted and lived as a prince and heir to the throne for a few years, suddenly the king learns that his wife is pregnant. And so Luai, Salva is still a prince, but he's no longer the heir to the throne because he's mm-hmm. not technically the firstborn, even though he's the oldest child of the king. And another interesting bit that is a little bit of Salva character building is that the king is talking to Salva about ruling. And he's like, you know, sometimes you're going to see me do things that make me look weak or make me look like I'm bowing to other nations. And it's not because I'm weak. It's because that's what you have to do to maintain international relations. And it's an important thing as a ruler to be able to understand when is the time to be strong and to hold on to what you're doing. And when is the time to sort of humble yourself before your potential allies in order to maintain those good relationships. And that's a really smart and nuanced and I would say correct governing style. And Salva pretty much rejects it outright. Yep. And I, I really wish we, in the real world, also had government that took the king's perspective of this, that sometimes it's better to play the game and humble yourself rather than just trying to strong arm your way through life. Anyways, um, the the other thing that's going to be happening back in real time um, is that uh, we're going to see a, uh, a well... Uh, <laughs> Our main characters are going to be, uh, they're going to be driving along in the car and having to move rocks out of the way. This um, was hilarious. Meanwhile, um, the, the, the moving <laughs> rocks scene is great because <laughs> Kyoma is this like huge, strong, like super strong guy. And he's like struggling to move the rocks. And Mira is his like little robot girl assistant. And she's just like picking them up and tossing them like bouncy balls. Yeah. There's also, also did, a great point you talk- where she's just like, couldn't we have bought a brought a car that had a higher suspension so that it could have just driven over these rocks? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did you mention the spiral of energy that brought the plane down? What you said the spiral of energy? Yeah, you mean the the sphere? Yeah, yeah. Looks, I mentioned it it in the like last sp- episode. Okay, I couldn't remember. This is important because the sphere went after a couple of the people on the ship. And anybody that touched the sphere is now unconscious. And we're going to see the survivors of the crash kind of coming up onto the snowy beach. And some of them are unconscious from this, from like touching the sphere. And like Luai is going to make sure that Salva is rescued, even though Salva is one of the people that has succumbed to the sphere. Yeah. He's also going to make sure that um, even though Prince Salva is unconscious, he still can relay out to everybody that even if Salva is killed, he wants everybody to know that no matter what, I have set something in place in order to get you paid if you bring this coil to us. Um, so no matter if he is dead or not, the people are still supposed to go on. He also does it by, uh, projecting this onto every active screen throughout this entire island. Um, and the other thing that we learn is, uh, starting to happen is that 
Um, because they have returned to this island, everything is starting to move again. So you have all of these different like consciousnesses and souls and memories, which we're going to learn are really important to Dimension W. Um, they when they are returning to the island, they cause everything to come out of this uh, this state of basically like frozen animation. Yeah, um, and the island itself has been locked in this sort of deathless state, and you see an example of it when they find this dead rat, and they it is, like, perfectly preserved. And then they, like, one of the characters, like, pokes it with a stick or something like that, and it just pops open. Like, it just splits, and, like, dust poofs out, because it is dead, and it's dried up. And they, they're like, it's amazing that this this like lifelessness washed over the island and it must have gotten even the microorganisms because mm-hmm. that's what causes living flesh to decay is that the bacteria and stuff living on your body eats you and um they they basically are like none of that survived and so this rat is just sitting here perfectly preserved but dead yeah here at Blake and Spitzer get jumped we'd like to tell you about all of the grossest uh, science uh, yeah we we got a lot of important science today. This is the Blake and Spencer Get Jumped Science Edition. <laughs> yeah. We learned about evolution Anyways. and about decay and some political science. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Blake the and Spencer Get Jumped. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. The the other thing that we're going to see inside of this episode, other than them uh, trying to um, figure out exactly what causes dead zone, how they're supposed to find this coil, um, is that uh, they are going to have to drive to the center of the island. Um, basically, everybody that is a part of um, this search for this coil is going to have to go through the dead zone. So they're all going to find different ways to go through it while finding against these giant mechs that have started to wake up throughout the island. Um, they all have these shields. We're going to find out that um, that some people are better at fighting them than other people um, because these mechs have these shields, and these shields are really good at blocking like bullets. But once they bounce off whatever the like the forward momentum is of whatever projectile is being fired at them, they will just release it into place. And we're going to see the, um, our, our main character, like... He's going to know how to fight these things, even without those darts that he used to use that would go through the shield, by throwing these darts at them, except for he's got those strings attached, and he, like, wraps up one of the big giant robots. It's just the Empire Strikes Back. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely, he's definitely one of those snow speeders that Luke is driving, Um, and he is, he's going to wrap up one of these, uh... Well, let's just call them AT-ATs. Um, and <laughs> it's going to um, collapse down and not be able to move anymore. And then we're going to see Mira like jump on top of it, rip out the coil. And he's like, don't worry about that coil. Don't take that coil. And I had that moment of just like, don't touch that. Don't touch that. <laughs> and like, like um, she's like, okay, fine. And she just like puts it down. And they're like, oh, I guess we're not going to worry about that anymore. So, okay. Yeah. Um, there's also... I. I feel like I'm the slowest person here not noticing these things until the last fucking second. But just in case you haven't noticed it and we haven't made it very, very clear, there is a mysterious, horrible event that happened in the past of the Beasts of Grendel that caused most of them to be wiped out. And if it hasn't become clear to you yet, that event is the same thing that happened to this island. Like, they are the same event. The Beast of Grendel came here in the past, and something went awry, which we don't know what happened yet, and this caused a massive dead zone to appear, from which Kioma and Albert Schumann are the only survivors. Yeah. Albert Schumann. Albert Schumann. Um, it's, also, it's also probably the same event that caused the the flip out of the uh the coil that killed his wife girlfriend yeah slash fiance. we're, we're gonna find um, out that even though that was very far away it happened at exactly the same moment that this dead yep. zone appeared yep anyways we're gonna go into episode nine um right after loser appears oh wait no there's this other thing that happens so they're driving along after picking up the mole people um and by the way the the, the mole people are these other collectors um 
they're going to like they're a brother and sister. It's like Lenny and Danny or something like that. I don't know what their names are. They they rhyme. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, they're kind of um, cute. So they um they are not important apparently right now. But whatever. They're um, really they just along for the ride. Yeah, they literally climb onto the back of the car, um, and they drive along towards the dead zone. And like as they're driving along to the dead zone, they're like, "Why? Why are they sitting on top of the car?" And he was like, "It's a two seater. They can <laughs> get inside." And so, <laughs> and as what's important about the-, the dead zone is that it's going to ex- immediately cause all coils to stop working. So Mira gets kind of freaked out because she's going to go offline. And she's worried about about what's going to happen to her before that, or whether or not she'll be able to come back online. But and also, the other thing that it is it does inside of the dead zone is that it stops all eventuality. So, because the of the way that the dead zone works, it works in memory and it works in energy. And if something has a soul or memory, it can power itself for a little bit, but it can barely power itself all the way through. So you're going to see, um, he's going to talk about one of the reasons he brought the car was so that he could get through the dead zone because he was like, look, it's an inanimate object, but it has a combustion engine. So it should be able to keep on going straight until we go through the dead zone, which is exactly what happens. Yeah. And he drives into it. He's also going to talk about how he can feel the blood in his veins starting to slow down as he's going yeah. through this zone. So it's a race against time for to, to see if he can get to the, like the dead zone is basically just like a line. You, you can think of it as like this intangible force field around some central object. And so as long as they can get through it, then they'll be okay. The dead zone does not just continue forever. Once you go past a certain point, but you got to get through it. Yeah. Um, so he starts driving through it. And there is an amazing moment where Mira is sitting there and she's about to tell him that she's she's afraid to go into the dead zone because she doesn't know what's going to happen to her when her coils turn off. And she's like, I have fears of my... And then she, they go in the dead zone. They come through the other side. And Mira's almost on the edge of crying when she's saying a thing that she started to try to say on the other side, which is, I don't want to die. I don't know what happens to me when I, when I get shut down. I... I, I have uh, thoughts and fears just like a normal human. Yeah. And it's just like this crazy moment where she's just like, she goes offline mid-sentence and comes back on, still expressing the same thing as if time hasn't passed. Right. It's really weird. It's like you pause a video and then click play a, a couple of minutes later. Yeah. Anyways, then Lo- Loser's going to show up and show off yes. that he has implanted a coil in both of his palms of his hands and in his feet and he can fucking make crazy force fields, and he can shoot fucking fire out. Yeah. Really, he's the whole package. He is the best. (laughs) And what's important, too, about his force fields is that he made them. They're not the same coil force fields that they've been fighting on these robots the whole time. So if you throw the little darts that try to pierce the force fields, it's not going to work, because the loser's too good for you. (laughs) He also does this crazy move where he spins around and the fire is so intense it literally cuts around and like burns away all of the like the the rock formation as well as like the road ahead of them yeah. so you can't drive forward anymore what a dick and he also <laughs> he's pissed off at Kilma because he's like he's asking Kilma if he remembers what he did and what caused this nothingness to exist on this island and Kyoma does not have any memories of it. And Loser's like, well, then you're not worthy to pass. And then that's when he, like, explodes fire everywhere. And I thought he was trying to damage the road so that they couldn't drive past it. But I think maybe they drive past it later. So I'm not sure that that's what he was doing. Maybe he was just intimidating. Whatever. This next episode is going to be incredible. Um, this is episode nine, The Key to Adrastia. Adrastia? I, I don't uh, yeah. know how they're pronouncing We're going to struggle with this because I it, I think we both watched it in the Japanese. And the Japanese pronunciation does not translate one-to-one to American pronunciation for most words. And this is one of them. And so we don't know how exactly it's supposed to be said in English. And I don't want to spend this whole time making a Japanese accent attempts because that feels kind of racist and so we're just gonna say it in whatever way we say it in the moment that we say it so it's gonna be all over the place and you guys just need to be understanding about that cool 
So this episode is all about memory and reality, um, and what time, or memory and, um, I guess, alternate dimensions, because um, one of the things that we're going to see at the very beginning of this episode is that Sphere has appeared again, and it's taken, uh, it's, it's taken, um, uh, God, what, why can't I remember his name? Kyoma. Like, I just, Kyoma in, right? Yeah. So it takes Kyoma it, this in. This is after... He, Loser is pissed off about the event on Easter Island, and he indicates that Kyoma is responsible for the event, and that the event caused the deaths of many people, including Loser's wife. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. <laughs> Kyoma let's, let's jump gets in. knocked out. <laughs> when Kyoma gets knocked out, he then awakens, and when he is awakened, he finds out that he is back in his training days. Um, he is still, he's going to be with Albert Schumann. He's going to be learning about, um, what it takes to be like a beast of Grindel. Um, he's going to be training against it. We're also going to see, uh, Prince Salva and he is going to be talking about like what it takes to be, um, a, a leader inside of his country. Yeah. And there's this, this rebellion that comes up in Isla and, Salva believes that the rebellion is made up entirely of spies and that the citizens are not actually involved in it, which is kind of dubious. I mean, I think within the context of the series, he's correct. Um, We're just going to go with it. So this is basically a a fake fomented rebellion. And so Salva asks for permission to crush the rebellion from his father, who was in some way going to bow to the rebellion's requests or something like that. Um, It's not clear what he was going to do, but he was clearly going the opposite direction. And Salva was like, no, I think that's the wrong course of action. I can take care of this. Please give me the power to take care of it and trust me. And the king says yes, and he goes and pretty summarily crushes the rebellion, so much so that it basically cuts to the rebellion is over. Like, we don't see him crushing it in any way. So it reads like it was a very quick... Yeah, it it was vast. So now um, this is when he thinks to himself that he's not going to be able to stop the tragedy that happens to Luai because he's the one who causes it. Um, We're also going to learn that the beasts of Grendel are dispatched to the African nation of Isla. And they, this is because there are these 60 giant coil stations positioned equidistant around the earth to create this sphere of, of perfect energy around the earth using the power of Dimension W. And one of those has been taken over or something, and the Beasts of Grendel go into it to try and stop the rebellion. And um, they do, but we are going to learn it about the same time that they do it, that there's this guy who I don't think we've met before named Haruka Seemeyer. And which I love that. It's like Japanese first name. And then, I don't know, kind of, I don't know. That's like definitely a Western last name, right? There's no Japanese people whose last name is Seemeyer. Yeah. So um, he is going to be the perpetrator of the rebellion. Yeah. The reason that he did this, we are going to find out, um, is just because he wanted to be able um, to open up people's eyes to how much the scientific um, privilege of working to, with the Mission W is being stymied by this company that is organizing this perfect energy around the planet. They this, are. This is so interesting because I think it can be used as a parallel between like spending money to gain money and spending money to advance science or to make a product or whatever. Like basically, Seemeyer is pissed off that the company that owns the coils just wants to maintain the status quo rather than letting the scientists explore further. And I, I think that's a, a sympathetic position. Uh, he sound, he seems like he's kind of an asshole and wants to maybe take it to a dark place, but that's a, <laughs> a real thing that happens in real life. If like corporations wanting to maintain profits rather than to explore possibilities and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Anyways, the other thing that he is going to be doing in this scenario is he's going to be setting up a coil bomb, basically, on somebody inside of Isla. 
and it's going to go off, and you're going to see the the beasts see for the first time what it's like for one of these uh, coils to go crazy. Um, it's it's a really wild sort of moment um, inside of the show. It's that great. Gives you, yeah, it, it gives you like your first taste of what it's like for these people to see it in real time. Um, and I, I really, really appreciated being able to like, you know, have that, um, I don't know. I, I don't know how to exactly to explain like what it must be like to experience like s- some sort of trauma like that. Yeah. I, I, I just don't even know how you respond to seeing like something insanely crazy that you didn't understand just a moment ago, like break your world open. It it is horrific and otherworldly. It would be like coming upon some sort of alien experiment in your real life. And it's just sort of like not only the horror of what you're seeing being horrible, but the fact that what you're seeing shouldn't be possible and, or has never been possible before. So it's, it's, you know, a new horror stacked on top of that baseline horror that not only is something terrible happening, but that there are, there are these terrible possibilities that you didn't know about that you might be subject to. Yeah. So this is crazy. Yeah. (laughs) It's great. This show is so good. So we're going to see the victory parade where Salva is, there's an attempt on his life. He shoots back with the cannon. This is what causes Luai to die or be super seriously injured. Whatever it is, it's it is the moment that Lee is huge. It's a huge incident, and it leads to Luai having this robot body. And what's interesting too is that in the last three episodes, when we met the African princes, it seemed like Salva had this like major resentment towards Luai. And that he might be setting up some sort of reverse coup where he organized Lawai's death or something like that. But in this episode, it seems like it's actually that he is carrying around this horrible guilt for what he's done for Lawai and that he actually has a genuine love and affection for him. Yeah, it actually gives like a a nice nuance to the character that we didn't have before. Yeah. Um, and it makes you kind of it really like Silva, uh, Salva. Yeah, and I'm Um, curious to see where it goes. It could go either way, but it it really does flush him out. Mm -hmm. The other thing that we're going to be seeing um, uh, inside of this moment is a flashback to the other scientists that are existing inside of the space. These are the ones working underneath Dr. Yurizaki. Yeah, one of them happens to be talking about how his wife is part of this program, and also Mm. he talks about how weird it is and then to mm. hit you over the head as as much as possible to let you know that it's obviously fucking loser um, is they have a moment where he's talking and then it just cuts to loser. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely loser remembering his own life. So this dude's name is Julian. So that's loser's name. God, yeah. I love losers I was like, so much. <laughs> I was like, how heavy handed can we be? Very heavy handed. <laughs> yeah, it's it is just subtle enough that if you're really not paying attention, it might go over your head. But it is it's one of those things where if you're not paying attention or if you're just really like having one of those days where you're being really dense or something like that, like you'd be like, why did they show us that flashback for that random character and then cut to loser? Like, that's the only way you cannot get it. <laughs> yeah. So we're I gonna also see. Feel that way. <laughs> I have a lot of dense days, but today was not one of them. I picked it up. I finally, yeah. finally got something on the first try with this show. So Seemeyer <laughs> is fighting back against new Tesla. And this is going to lead to this like rebellion that Julian, who is now loser was a part of, which is going to snap him back to the present, snap back to reality. And then oh, he's, there goes gravity. Mom oh, there spaghetti. goes gravity. Mom spaghetti. <laughs> so he's gonna. They're gonna get to this vault, and it's one of the numbers, and the number is called. Oh God, I kept putting an L in here. It's called address Adrastia, which is the the thing that we talked about at the start of the episode. This is the name of the episode, and there. This is one of the numbers, and it. I I think they're pretty heavily implying that it was the cause or the locus of the disaster that created the dead zone and they're going to go in he loser with his um the girl that helps him that has the bats um and they're going to find out that the coil is not there mm-hmm. yeah the other the the next thing that we're going to find out we're going to um, go back back that... back to the past 
So anyways, um, we're going to go back to the past. We're going to find out a couple of different things. First and foremost, we're going to find out that he was with um, he was with his fiance wife right before she died. She was getting worse and his worse. His fiance and wife. Her. Yeah. And she was getting worse and worse. And then he went on this. Uh, he went on this uh, this mission. Right. Then he realizes that he is in a memory. Transports himself to Salva's memory to awaken Salva. And then to start stepping out of the memory, he then confronts the ball of energy that's been following him around. Wait, wait, wait. And it turns Before this, out- there's a really kick-ass scene with Miyabi. And it's super important. Because Miyabi... So bef- this is bef- right before he transports himself out of his own memories. He is talking to Miyabi on what turns out to be her deathbed, essentially. And they hold hands, and Miyabi is like, why don't you look at my lifeline? There's a break in it, but then the line continues for a long way after that break. And it was kind of touching, but as soon as she says that, an image of Mira appears. And Kyoma's like, what is she doing here? And then he snaps out of it, and that's when he transfers to Salva's memory. Yeah. Anyways, that's going to basically tell us that like his wife and Mira are the same height. And they're basically the body that was supposed to go to his dead wife went to Mira instead. We're finding that out. But anyways, um, the other thing that we're going to find out after he goes to Silva's memory at the same time is that this fucker that we found out about just in like this past episode, he's this guy that is secretly a ball of energy that is going around being a dick on this island. Yeah, he has somehow (laughs) transported himself into this energy orb. And he talks about... So Kyoma, he's in his memory, and then he goes to Salva's memory, and then when he leaves the memory, the the place where he meets Seemeyer as the ball of energy is this, like, glowing scape where there are all these brilliant lights flashing by him. And Seemeyer appears and explains that these are memories and that memories are the basis not only for Dimension W, but for reality itself. And they are crucial to the existence of everything. And then Kyoma is going to get attacked by Seemeyer, who seems to be trying to destroy him or absorb him or something. And then... What wasn't it like an image of Mira appears and she's like calling his name and like grabs his hand or something like that. And then Seemeyer is basically expelled and he almost disappears and he starts to sort of recorporate himself. And he's like, what happened? How did you get away from me? And then Kyoma like vanishes. And then we're going to see a different flashback in which Mira is standing with Mary, who is the woman that gives Kyoma all of his missions and she explains that um, Miyabi was Kiyoma's wife. And she explains about her disease and about the procedure that was supposed to transplant her to a robot body. And she's like, don't you see anything familiar? And Mira realizes that they have the same height, the same measurements, the same everything. And Mary is like, you're the body that she was supposed to be transported to. Hmm. And that's yeah. it. And then Mira is going to fight against this giant robot that appears. And that's the end of the episodes for this week. So They're great. This was such a good week. I, honestly, I have really enjoyed this show every week, but this was definitely the best week. It was yeah. cohesive storytelling. It was emotional. There were great action scenes. This was this was it. Like This was everything. And it makes me really excited for the last three episodes because they are... The way that the show has been going, it seems like there's a high chance that they're going to bring it home in a really satisfying way. But also it makes me sad because it's the last three episodes and I really like this show. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, anyways, before we get back to this show, we're going to be back to something else. And uh, I guess we're going to tell you what that is after our end credits. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions. With sound editing done by Rashad English of Plain English Productions. He's our level 5 sound wizard. Our podcast is ad-free and we want to keep it that way. If you want to keep it that way too, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Patreon members get exclusive member content and unlock group perks. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. 
Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash Get Jumped. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help us chart on iTunes. And remember, new episodes come out every Sunday on your favorite podcast platform. Next week on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, we're watching Naruto. And it's Sasuke versus Gara of the Funk. Gara of the Funk! Somebody, somebody please tell me that you got that reference. Steve Rogers. (laughs) 